Hail you nostalgic art dealers. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all, though I did forget the resolution to the Susan Jonathan story until today. <laughs> Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This and Dorian Life, 90s Music Got Me Like, and Previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 6, Episode 19, Nancy's Choice. And what a choice. Uh, yeah. Not like Sophie's Choice. Right. Different. different. No. A little different. No. Luckily, she lived in a progressive time like the 90s, where she could actually make that choice. (laughs) All right, let's crack open the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards, professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired on January 31st, 1996. One birthday dimension on January 31st, Jessica Walter who played Tabitha Wilson in the CW years, turned 55. That doesn't mean anything to you, Kendra. You don't even know what that's about. Doesn't mean a single thing. You don't know, novice. (laughs) One death to mention, February 2nd, legendary song and dance man Gene Kelly passed away at 83. Wow, you know, it's weird to think of golden age Hollywood stars just being alive while 90210 season 6 is airing. (laughs) Yeah, you know? yeah, that is That's weird. Like, that feels were incongruous. They, were somehow. they watching? Was, I hope was so. Gene I Kelly, hope Gene uh, Kelly. Yeah, I hope he was a Luke Perry fan. He maybe. at least got to see all the Brenda stuff. Yeah, couple of movies on February second: Black Sheep, starring Chris Farley and David Spade. <laughs> I love this movie. Have you seen it? I haven't seen like a single Chris Farley movie. Oh, not even Tommy Boy. Nope. I mean, you know, this one usually gets a bum rap. Everybody's like, Tommy Boy's the great one, and this is the bad one. And there is some truth to that. But Black Sheep has some laugh-out-loud moments. There's a whole scene with him trying to catch a bat in a cabin. There's a scene with Chris Parley, like, tumbling down a hill, and it just keeps going on and on and on. And, like, those still make me laugh. So I'd watch Black Sheep right now. The next movie is The Juror with Alec Baldwin and Demi Moore. The Rural Juror with Jenna from 30 I was going to say... Is this why they make that joke? Because Alec Baldwin is in this movie. (laughs) It might be. (laughs) Because as soon as I saw the juror, I was like, the juror. On February 4th, Gulliver's Travels with Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. That is a a weird coincidence. So I I have two stories related to this. First of all, on the last episode of This Endorian Life, we were doing an episode and it quickly, like, I don't know, evolved or devolved, we couldn't decide, into a rip on Gulliver's Travels. And so, like, I was thinking about this movie. Because I love, did you ever watch this, the Ted Danson? No. Okay. Mm -mm. I had it, I mean, it was super long. I don't think it was theatrical. I I feel like it was a TV thing. Maybe I'm wrong. But I had it on, it was two VHS tapes. That's how you knew. Oh, yes. And it's just really good. And then a few, few nights back, we were at this library fundraiser. It's banned books week, everybody. Read banned books and stop banning hey, books. If read, you're a book banner, read stop all it. the books. Just stop it. Stop banning books. Anyway, I was at a library fundraiser and this movie came up and somebody was like, Who's the lady in the Ted Dance and Gulliver's Travels movie? And I was like, Mary Steenburgen. And here it is. Yeah, so I guess I have to rewatch this movie now. That's too many. Yeah. Too many connections. It's a sign. 
TV on January 31st, Louis Anderson's short-lived sitcom, The Louis Show, debuted. How do you feel about Louis Anderson? I I, I don't think I've watched anything with Louis Anderson, actually. You've seen, uh, like, Coming to America? Betty Murphy? No. No. He's in that, and he shows up in the sequel. Uh, And there was a cartoon that was, like, on probably right after this, because it was, like, a 90s thing. It was a Louis Anderson cartoon where he played a little kid. So yeah, yeah, I know, I know who he is, and I like know what all those things are. I just haven't watched yeah. any of them. He passed away pretty recently. I was I, just I about was, to ask. Yeah, it was last year or early this year. It was, but but recent. Yeah, February first, AMC debuted the Sundance Channel. Kendra, so we could all see those movies that uh, no one gets to see. That's true. Hey. I, I don't mean to give a plug for AMC Plus, but I'm going to. Oh. We subscribe to AMC Plus because specifically because we wanted to watch Moonhaven, which I think you would really like, and it stars a hobbit, and I know how you feel about them. Uh, so that was really good. But the cool thing about it is you get the IFC channel and the Sundance channel, so you get these huge catalogs of all these indie movies, and I'm having a great time with it. We're watching a bunch of weird stuff. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Hey, right now you can get a subscription to Peacock for $20 for the whole year. The Just problem is there's nothing out on there. Peacock. <laughs> uh, not true. What did I what did I just watch? There's Girls, there's Girls 5 Eva. Oh, that's which true. Everyone should watch. SNL is going to be only oh, there. Guess, yeah. You're only going to be able to watch any yeah. NBC anything there. I just, I guess I'm just I'm still I'm still bitter about Saved by the Bell. Oh, I'm very bitter about Saved by the Bell, but they have all of that 70s show now, oh, which has true. not been anywhere to watch yeah. because I've been dying to watch it. It has been nowhere, yeah. and now it is finally on Peacock. So Still holds up. My son really likes the, uh, there's a Where's Waldo show that's a Peacock exclusive. He likes that. Here's something irritating to me, though. All right. As we record, we're recording on the 20th. And on the 19th of September, 2022, the new Quantum Leap debuted. And we have Peacock right now. And I was like, oh, cool. We can go watch it on Peacock. No, you can't. You can't watch it live on Peacock. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're the NBC streaming channel and you can't watch live NBC shows on it even if you pay? That's crazy. So you, you, can, watch it, you can watch it the next day, but you can't watch it live? Yeah, you can't watch it live. That, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Especially because I'm the only person in the world who wanted to watch the new Quantum Leap and I wasn't allowed to do it, you know? <laughs> you know, I saw a commercial for that the other day and I was like, has this been, because sometimes shows will be going forever and I'll be like, oh my goodness, there's four seasons of this. Um, but no, it's brand new. Yeah. So yeah. That's, was it good? I couldn't watch it because we couldn't watch oh. it live. <laughs> oh, okay. You still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No. Why are we talking about streaming channels, Kendra? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, all right. Sorry, sorry. Continue. All right, last thing. February 3rd, the Dumb and Dumber animated series ends its 13-episode run. Uh, And at time of recording, this was the last Hanna-Barbera cartoon created for network television. So not a a Hanna-Barbera cartoon? Not a strong exit for Hanna-Barbera. No, no. I just recently watched the movie Dumb and Dumber, and uh, it was... It was what it was, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My husband was disappointed that I was not rolling on the floor laughing. Was he surprised that you weren't? <laughs> I think he thought I would laugh a little more than I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I basically only laughed at like one scene. So of the like '90s Jim Carrey canon, this is definitely my least favorite. But I, you know, it's uh, it it holds up. I think it's got some pretty good moments. Music February sixth, Neil Diamond released the album Tennessee Moon. Tennessee it was certified- Moon. I'm looking <laughs> up was- at a Tennessee Moon. That's my Neil Diamond. <laughs> is that how it goes? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never heard the song. Oh, well, could I believed you. Oh, good. Okay. It was certified gold and led to a television special of the same name. Wow. Good for Neil Diamond. Yeah, hitting gold albums in the 90s. Good for him. <laughs> and video games on January 31st, Mega Man X3 was released on the Super Nintendo. Oh, I haven't really. I played, I think, all of the classic Mega Man games, but I haven't played any of the Mega Man X stuff yet. Mm. I have to at some point. <laughs> All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. So, Kendra, this beyond the zip code is one that I've had in my back pocket for a month now, and we keep having the breaking news. So finally, I'm going to tell you, yes, it would have made more sense for Tembi Locke's last episode as Lisa Dixon, but there were pressing issues. But yep. here you go. Tembi Locke, who played Lisa Dixon, went on to have continued success in television. She tragically lost her husband at an early age, and she released a memoir entitled From Scratch, A Memory of Love, Sicily and Finding Home, and it details their relationship, the aftermath of his death and everything. Anyway, the memoir was adapted into a Netflix miniseries by Reese Witherspoon, and Zoe Saldana plays the character based on Tembi Locke in that. Huh. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So Zoe Saldana's out there playing Tembi Locke. I hope that uh, they do 90210 stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, well, let's look at our synopsis for Nancy's Choice. Nancy's Choice. Valerie's plan to get Colin clean backfires when the art dealer she brings in is only interested in the paintings he did while high. At the Condor, Susan is up for an award for a very personal article, and Jonathan returns because the story involves him, too. Finally, Steve runs into Elle, and she ends up attending the award ceremony as Chancellor Arnold's date. Shenanigans. So glad we're getting this character back. We all were hoping Elle would come back. Yes. And and yes. I mean, I guess we'll I guess we save it for the wrap, but I did have maybe something positive to take away from their handling of it this time. Oh, all right. Well, we'll get there, I guess. I'm doing my best. Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills. Today's episode was written by John Eisendrath and directed by James Whitmore Jr. We have a few returning players here. Carl T. Evans back as Jonathan, whether you want him or not. He's there. He's there. Here he is. Always happy to show up. Third wheel it. Uh, Monica Schnare as L and Nicholas Pryor as Chancellor Arnold. All back. Other cast members include Charles Conrad, who appears as himself. Charles Conrad was a NASA astronaut and the third man to walk on the moon. He was part of the Apollo 12 mission. Why he's here... I have no idea. They throw out the line, oh, he walked on the moon. And it it was yeah. like a, wait, what? Who is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a blink and you miss it thing. It's a it's like a nationwide journalism award. So okay, but like he's not a journalist. No, it was weird. I don't know. It was a weird maybe he just happened to be around. Yeah, maybe. I was looking at IMDB and like he had other like as himself credits, like he's on Gary Shandling show and stuff like that. And apparently he auditioned for a role in Apollo 13. And Ron Howard was like, what? You actually were on the moon, though. So I don't know. It was a head scratcher, but there he was. 
Uh, we also have John Lafayette as Sterling Penn, the art dealer here. A prolific career in films. He was in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger and shows like Any Day Now and the following. This is the only time we'll see him here. Sterling Penn is the best name for an art collector. Yeah, it is. If you have a name like Sterling Penn, you basically have to be an art dealer or like a stockbroker, I guess, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Would be okay. <laughs> a patron of the arts, though, I think I probably think, yes. is better. I thought this was a fun little factoid of information spanning the uh, 90210 franchise here. Margot Rose appears as Kelly's academic advisor. This is the only time she's in this episode. But prior to this episode, she just completed a three-episode arc on Models, Inc., playing the character Marie Colvin. And later, after this, she would show up on Melrose Place playing a different character, Margot. And that's her name. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good times. All right, yeah. here we go into Nancy's choice. We start at the student union where Brandon and Susan are walking and talking about this award that she is winning for an article she wrote called Nancy's Choice, which is about um, this girl named Nancy who had an abortion. And Susan is nominated for an award. And so she's talking about like, oh, I don't really want to go to this thing. And Brandon's like, well, you're definitely going to this award ceremony. You're going to win this award. So as they're walking, they get to the condor and Jonathan is there holding court for, for all of the writers. Yes. They're all gathered around him, hanging on his every word. Brandon is not excited to see him and is definitely not excited to learn that he is in town to go to the awards dinner because he was the editor when she wrote the article, so yeah. he was also invited. Right. It's an automatic invite. Yep. Brandon leaves, and Susan tries to chase after him, and he's he's very upset. He's like, you keep telling me it's over, but it's not over, clearly, yeah. between the two of you. I mean, the, the deep emotional issues at play here that we finally learn do a little bit to explain why Susan is being so weird about all of this stuff. Like, it does yeah. answer some questions. But I feel like even here in this scene, I wish she'd say words. I think as soon as she gets nominated for this award, she's just going to, she has to tell yeah. him. Yeah. Or or break it off, you know? Right. I think, yeah, one or the other. But she doesn't. She, like, she waits it out till the till the last minute. Yeah. Okay, so Kelly is meeting with her professor slash advisor because the professor is talking about her class that she's missed. Yeah. So it was hard to tell, like, is this her advisor or just a professor? Yeah. She's credited as academic advisor, but you're right. Oh, some, all right. some of the dialogue did kind of seem like she was the one yeah. leading the classes. Yeah. My professor was my advisor. Oh, good point. At, in college. Good point. Kendra. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so Kelly has missed a bunch of classes and her advisor is, is worried about her and, Kelly says that she's been having some personal problems and that's why she hasn't been there fully. Um, but there's a big test coming up. Her advisor wants her to do well. So Kelly's like, all right, I'll, I'll study. I'll do well. On campus, Claire and Chancellor Arnold are having a walk and talk. And Claire is saying that he needs a date. He hasn't gone on a date in so long. Yeah. And this award ceremony is coming up. Like, surely he can find a date. What a perfect place to have your first date after a couple of decades. An academic awards ceremony. Yeah. 
Claire in this scene is dressed like a witch from the early 2000s. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a purple, like velvet short dress. Yeah, she does. And a black choker. Yeah. It just, that's how it struck me. Maybe she was supposed to be uncharmed this week and just went in the wrong direction. Maybe. You know? Maybe. (laughs) Jonathan and Susan are chatting over coffee and she's asking, why are you here? And he says, who else but me knows how much you sacrificed for this story? Brandon arrives and Jonathan leaves the two of them together. Susan tries to sit Brandon down and explain that Jonathan is pro-life and didn't want her to write this story. He thinks that she infringed on Nancy's privacy to write the story. And Brandon says, well, did you? And she says, yeah, I mean, yes. I asked her if I could write the story, and she said yes. All this dialogue is really weird with the revelations later. Like, I don't really get what she's saying. Yeah, I don't know. But she says that Jonathan's disapproval was very difficult for her when she was writing the article. And Brandon says, and is it still difficult for you? And she cannot answer. Yeah. And with the information Brandon has, I think all of his reactions here are very justified. Just being like, are fair. You keep saying it's not over or you keep saying it's over. And every time I see you guys, you're like, you know, head to head snuggled up some corner, like whispering, you know? So like, He's not about it. I thought that some of the some of the things Susan said about Jonathan was like he was my mentor, like, you know, he was in authority, like I really looked up to him and stuff. Also adds kind of an ick factor to their relationship. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like it's always seemed weird. Sure does. It's kind of like, ugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Claire and Steve are out shopping for a dress for Claire to wear to the awards banquet. Steve is looking at other women, which I guess it's just supposed to be like, oh, Steve. Oh, you, you nuts. You scoundrel. Yeah, he, she keeps holding up a dress being like, what do you think? And he's like, oh, too perky is one of the ones he says. And she's like, what? Mm-hmm. And then finally she realizes <laughs> he's rating the ladies. He's like, you asked me to look at dresses and I'm looking at them. So charming. Yep. So then he spies a, a leggy blonde yeah. in, the, in the corner of the store. Yeah. But when she turns around, he sees that it is L. And if you've forgotten who L is, we get a flashback here um, to when they were in Palm Springs and he is making out with L on top of the car yeah. and then realizes that L is a transvestite. Yeah. They do say, he- <laughs> they consistently say transvestite in this episode. I don't know that that's really accurate. They do. And we should just get out of there right away that they don't handle any of this well. Like it's. It's no. played primarily for laughs. And, you know, like his reactions, his like comic reactions to her are funny in isolation. Not funny when you think about like what it is he's reacting to. So there, there's a lot of clumsiness here. So don't don't look to this episode to, to handle any of these issues well. The, only, the positive thing that I thought about it was it could have just been the gag from the first episode. And here we do get a little bit more like character development and kind of see her more as a real person, which is not something we saw the first time. Yeah, it's it's weird the way they do it because they're making her into this like trickster villain who like tricks unsuspecting men. Right. And yeah, that's what I mean. It's just clumsy. Yeah. It's just clumsy. 
to even like kind of pose it in that way. Like what she's doing is somehow purposely to deceive people right. and not just like living her life is, yeah. uh, yeah, is, is clunky. Yeah. Okay. So he is, you know, horrified to see L. L recognizes him immediately and comes up to him and meets Claire and is very flirty with, with Steve. Uh, says yeah. that next time you're in Palm Springs, look me up. Claire is a little taken aback by his reaction to her and yeah. is like, well, what's going on there? And he says that they they dated or they, they went on a date or something, but he won't give her any more information. Yeah. At the Peach Pit, Joe and Donna. This is the only time we see the two of them in this episode. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. I don't think we... Donna has a scene with Kelly, and that's the only one I remember. Yeah, and I, this is this is it, I think. So Joe and Donna are it. going... Yeah, the only one. They're going mm-hmm. to Santa Barbara, and so they're talking about how excited they are, and we get a little, you know, Joe's like, ah, oh, just what the doctor ordered, a nice relaxing weekend in Santa Barbara. And it's their first trip together. Man, I don't even remember seeing Joe. Well, he was there. It must have just been a quick... Okay, all right. Yeah, he's there. They talk about going to Santa Barbara. Kelly walks in, and Donna is very cold to her. And is like, oh, are you my ex-best friend? I don't recall who you are. (laughs) So then Joe leaves them to talk and goes to to pay for their food. And Kelly apologizes. She says, you know, she has not been a good friend. Things have just gotten out of control. And Donna is like, yeah, you've, you know, been pretty, pretty bad lately. And Donna just has no compassion for, for the way she's been. No, she doesn't. Yeah. And I'm, I'm finally Donna standing up for her own like feelings, but she says like, I I've needed you over the course of this stuff. And you just like, haven't been there. And Kelly's doesn't have much to say about it. You know? Yeah. At the Walsh house, Steve and Claire are talking about how at the awards banquet, they will be, they'll be team Brandon. They will, every chance they get, they're going to put Jonathan down. So Brandon's like, all right, I feel better going if you, if you two are going to be there. (laughs) Steve, uh, their shopping trip comes up and Steve doesn't want to talk about it. So he says he's going to go do the dishes. And as he's in the kitchen, Brandon's like, what's going on? And Claire tells Brandon that they ran into an old flame of his, L. And of course, Brandon instantly remembers who L is. And right. he goes into the kitchen to make fun of Steve for, yeah. <laughs> for that encounter. Claire follows them in there and is like, you have to tell me what's going on. So finally, finally they do. They're like, L is a, is a transvestite. And Claire doesn't, she doesn't believe them. She's like, you know, if you had told me the truth, it would have been fine. But you, now you're like making up stories. Like clearly she's, yeah. she's a, a beautiful woman. And so, yeah, she doesn't believe them. And they have, they have this, it, I mean, it's gross, but they have this funny line after she walks away where Steve's like, I was, I just told her the truth. I was so brave telling her the truth and that won't happen again. And they like fist bump. It is. It, it was really funny and it felt like another moment where they like just let the camera roll and they're just riffing like that. That's what the tone of it. Yeah, felt. there were there were several moments like that in this episode. OK, we go to Colin's house where Valerie and Colin are looking at slides of his art. Yeah, I guess so. 
I guess they send those slides to the art. I don't know. Whatever. They're yeah, looking. Yeah. They're looking at his art. It doesn't matter. Valerie confronts him again about do you have any stuff and drugs in the house and it leads to an argument between the two of them which kelly walks in on valerie leaves angry and kelly follows her out and is like why are you all up in his business just leave him alone and this is where we learn valerie's plan is to give him a career boost so that he does he realizes he doesn't need drugs because as we know famous uh people yeah don't do drugs never they don't need never. to no if you're knocking it out of the park if you've got money you're succeeding in, in an artistic endeavor why, why would you need drugs yeah you it's, know uh, it's unnecessary yeah it's crazy she says that colin you know you may want to throw your life away but colin has too much talent to do that she's basically just getting him money to buy more drugs yeah she, which she realizes a little too late yeah the next morning Kelly wakes up. Colin wants to start their day with cocaine, but she says, I don't want to do cocaine anymore, and I want you to stop, too. Which, at first, he just says no, but then he he does... He, he doesn't do it right then. At True. least not in front of her. Probably a done deal. Yeah. I think they. I think we just watch them quit cocaine. Yeah, cold turkey. Yeah. So people yeah. people say it's difficult, but but they're going to do it. They do, they're doing it fine. They're, they're not having trouble, so... At the Condor, Brandon is upset because Susan did not run his column in that issue of the paper. Yeah, which uh, is a weird little cul-de-sac. I, I mean, I guess it really just what she said. that It wasn't good enough, I guess. But like, there's, there's no call. This never goes anywhere. It's just another reason for him to be frustrated with her, I, think, I guess. Yeah, I think it's just him. It's just showing that they're like, you know, on rocky ground, like she can't talk yeah. to him about these things and he is being sensitive about everything. Yeah. Um but, well Brandon basically says he's not going to go to the awards. Like mm -hmm. he's he's just over it. She says that she needs him there, but he's like, "No, you don't. You have Jonathan. What do you need me for?" And again, without any clarification of this, I can't say I blame him. I know. It's all right, at Colin's house, the art collector, Sterling Penn, is looking at <laughs> all of his paintings. So it's Valerie, Colin, and Sterling. And he's really liking his stuff, especially his new stuff. He says he doesn't really like his early stuff. But yeah. this new stuff he's coming out with, yeah. it is just, it is Something top about notch. it. Yeah. Something about it. <laughs> So as he continues to look at the art, Valerie says to Colin, like, you have this this gift. You're an artist. You need to take care of your gift and it'll take care of you. And he's like, yeah, you're right. OK, then we go to the awards where poor Chancellor Arnold, he does not have a date. But lo and behold, who do they run into but L? And Chancellor Arnold is very taken with L from the yes. beginning. <laughs> She's lovely. Yeah. Yes. She's also there for the awards because a friend of hers organized it. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Bad Nick, friend. <laughs> you, you invite her to come, but like you're too busy running the event. And so she's just going to be all on her own. Yeah. Nick, that would be like uh, you doing an event for like the board members of the library and inviting yeah. me. And then I sit by myself. Yeah. That'd be weird. <laughs> It would be weird. I'd love to have you there, though. So if you're free, please. <laughs> no, can't. Can't do it. Oh, you can't? Okay. No. Nope. Well, 
So the Chancellor Arnold asks Elle to join their table, and she oh. is happy to join. Claire at this point yeah. still does not believe that she is yeah. a transvestite. And Steve's like, all right, here we yeah. go. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. At the Peach Pit, Brandon is dressed up in his in his suit, but he's still, I guess, trying to decide if he's going to the awards. And he's talking to Nat about Jonathan and Susan. And he's like, I'm so confused. They broke up because of this story, but now he's here because she's winning an award for the story. And he's trying to get back with her. I just don't understand. I feel like I, he should have it figured out at this point. <laughs> I feel like he should. That's what I'm thinking. Like, has he read the story? Yes, he has. Because he's yeah. talked about how great it is. How great the writing is and everything. It really seems like he should be able to piece it together based on all the stuff she said. Like, what he has on me and stuff like that. Stuff she's said in past episodes. But, nope. Nope. Nat says, you know, you gotta fight for what you want. So if you want to be with Susan, get down to those awards. What are you doing? So Brandon decides to go. He does. Back at the awards, we learn, uh, is this new information that Chancellor Arnold's name is Arnold Arnold? Have we t- have we known that Don't fact remember. before? No. Okay. okay, well, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> so Steve and Claire are like watching the two of them interact. Brandon then arrives and is surprised to see and we get another funny little moment between Brandon and Steve where Brandon's like, why is she here? And Steve says, she's the chancellor's date. No, really, why is she here? (laughs) Brandon's a little madcap when he sits down and he's like, oh, Steve, Claire, L, L. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, I would, I feel like Steve and Brandon could do like a funny like duo stand-up thing for sure yeah i don't know yeah they're always so funny together they really are and that's that's the thing that's the thing that bugs me with this episode because i really feel like all the stuff ian zeering's doing and jason Priestley when it when it comes to it surrounding the the l situation whatever you want to say they're doing a it's very funny like all the stuff they're doing is funny and i'm just like ugh, it's a little cringy yeah it's a little oh yeah keep saying transvestite which is like i don't know it's it's awkward. Yeah, it is. At the Peach Pit, Kelly comes to pick up two pieces of pie for her and Colin. And David is sitting at the counter, so we get a little David-Kelly scene. David is basically, you know, wor- still worried about Kelly and saying, you know, I don't really like Colin. I'm worried about you. And she says, well, you know what? Don't worry about it because we don't do drugs anymore. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I see. So you just quit yeah. cold turkey. It's yeah. it's fine. She's like, yeah, it was just a binge. I just, you know, had a hard week. Yeah. Needed to binge on cocaine. Yeah. And <laughs> He says they're in the white knuckle sobriety yep. stage at this point. And pretty soon, <laughs> not going to nope. be good enough. It's like, it's not going to last. I, as always, like, I like this little brother-sister dynamic when they when they choose to do it here. I liked this scene, and I liked the Donna scene earlier that we already touched upon. But the Donna scene made me think, like, have we had Kelly-Donna beef in this series? Because hmm. I don't really think so. Surely. Yeah, but I don't think so. Hmm. I'll have to think on that. 
or listen, listeners do the thinking for us. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely with Ray, Kelly was like, you got to ditch this guy. And, and Donna's like, well, we're together, so deal with it. I mean, there was that. But this this is like kind of a sustained, they're having like a problem in their friendship. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's the first time we're doing this. But Well, at the Walsh house, Valerie gives Colin a check for $10,000. Yeah. Because Sterling Penn bought two of his paintings. If I'm Sterling Penn, I might think it's weird that Valerie is like an art broker and she's like in college and owns a nightclub. I don't know. I just. Yeah. Seems kind of weird, but. There's a lot of weird connections in there. Sure. Valerie's like, look, here's your reminder. Here's $10,000 to remind you. You don't need to do drugs. And Colin's like, well, actually, all the paintings he like, I painted when I was high. So I'm going to take this check. And I'm going to do drugs. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't think about that. I'm going to do drugs. <laughs> if I give him money, he might spend it on drugs. Yay. <laughs> Back to the award ceremony. This is where, what is the astronaut's name? I wrote it down incorrectly. Conrad. Because Charles, Charles not, Conrad. Charles like Conrad. That. Okay, I got the last name right. Is He's announcing awards. He's like doing award banter. Like. <laughs> He's not bad. Look, he's not bad. No. So at the table, we have Steve, Claire, Brandon, Susan, Jonathan, Chancellor Arnold, and Elle. Yeah. And they're just, you know, chatting. Steve has a very cringy line where he's like, why don't men have the right to choose? (laughs) And all the women at the table are like, "Uh, because you don't have a uterus and because this and because this and because this. Yeah. And Brandon's like, don't don't ask that question, right. you idiot. Right. <laughs> Chancellor Arnold asks Elle if she's ever been pregnant, and she says no, she can't have children. Jonathan says he doesn't think men or women should have the right to choose and that he is pro-life. And Brandon, like, they start to argue, and Brandon's like, isn't that why you broke up? Because you're pro-life uh-huh. and whatever. So Susan's category is now up and they announced the nominees and lo and behold, Susan wins. She takes it. Hooray. She gets a kiss from Brandon and a hug from Jonathan before going up to accept the award. And she gives a little speech about how she accepts this award on behalf of women who every day, you know, are making this choice and that this award honors choice and courage. And she's she's definitely like emotional as as she's accepting yeah. the award. Back at Colin's house, Kelly arrives home to a giant dinner that Colin has made. Candlelit dinner. The candles look like truffle trees from the Lorax. Okay, I I wrote down that they look like cheese sticks. <laughs> they you yes. know the cheat. The cheese sticks that are like white and yeah, yellow like a Colby Jack. Together. No, but the 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 wiggliness of them and the alternating pattern—they look exactly like truffle trees. I thought Danny DeVito was going to yep. come out and start lecturing us. <laughs> that would have been great. It would have. Yeah. What was he doing in the '90s? A lot, I guess. Batman <laughs> Returns, maybe. Yeah. So Kelly is, you know, very happy about this dinner. She's very happy when she learns that he sold two of his paintings and. He goes away and he's like, I have something for us to help us celebrate. And at first she thinks it's drugs, but then he brings out. Yeah, she's like, not cocaine. <laughs> but then he brings out some uh, some alcohol and they toast. Don Perignon. He, he went all out. Yes. Cast the check, got the dawn. Yep. That's what he says. 
Back at the awards ceremony. Wait, hold Dave on. Dave goes. Oh, well, there's just a little cork here that I thought was funny. When he he opens it, and you know, obviously, it bubbles out and pours all over. He fills her glass, and then his glass is all bubbles, like it's bubbles all the way up to the top, just like foam. And then the scene switches perspective, and it's just a normal glass of champagne. I noticed that too. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I mean, that happens all the time, but it was just comically a bubble, just a glass of foam bubbles, and then just all bubbles. Glass. Yeah. yeah. Oops, all bubbles. <laughs> All right, back at the awards ceremony, Steve follows Elle into the women's bathroom and has a conversation with her about, like, hey, can you not yeah. do this to Chancellor Arnold? Like, he's a great guy. He has, you know, he hasn't gotten a date lately. And Elle's like, well, I'm going to... I'm going to date him and it'll be fine. And, you know. I, I do believe and, her in this moment. Like, I, I don't think that she's... I don't think that she's trying to trick them or anything. I, I feel like she's likes Chancellor Arnold. I feel like she likes Chancellor Arnold, but I do feel like we're supposed to see her as a, a trickster and as like someone who's not playing fair. Hmm. I don't know. That's that that was the impression I got that we're oh, supposed okay. to see her as this as this like villain. Okay. Not not like super malevolent. Right, but... right. Just playing games with the lives of others. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as they're having this conversation, Claire is listening from around the corner because she was in the bathroom. And Elle says, like, give me one good reason why I shouldn't continue to, to pursue Chancellor Arnold. And Steve says, I'm in love with his daughter. <sighs> and that that kind of gets ill revelation yep so then claire comes out after l leaves and tells steve that he's a good guy oh so that's nice brandon and susan are walking around outside um whatever this building is where they are for this award ceremony and they're talking about the article and you know susan says nancy isn't even her real name like she She's brave, but why did she need to hide behind this name for her story to be told? And Brandon says, well, like, you should call her. You should tell her about this award. Yeah. This is. Oh, Brandon. This is great. Sweet, simple <laughs> oh, Brandon. Brandon. And then Susan says that um, there there is no. Well, that she herself is Nancy yes. and that the story in the article is her own story. Yep. Uh, which Brandon, all of us had figured it out. So yeah, Brandon should yeah. have figured it out too. He is taken aback by it. I mean, he's really kind of like, whoa, like it is big news for him. So he clearly was not getting there at all. I like here that once he finds out what it is, like he is, he starts to ask questions, but then he's like, you know what? You don't owe me an explanation. I thought that was a good moment too. Yeah. Good for you. Brandon. Which like if she had told him earlier, like he's been pressing and pressing and pressing because he didn't know. Right. Yeah. But then as soon as he knows, he's like, you know what? It's none of my business. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I yeah. liked I liked that switch I did too. there. But basically, she, her sister passed away. She was hurting. She and Jonathan both got drunk, you know, slept together. And then she got pregnant. John wanted to marry her. Yeah. But she decided to get an abortion yeah. instead. So she and Brandon both have apologies for each other and, and hugs, apologies all around. And she asks Brandon, does this change anything between you and I? And Brandon says, no, doesn't change a thing. Yeah. 
Jonathan then joins the conversation okay. and Brandon walks away so they can talk. Jonathan is upset because he's like, I'm trying, I'm trying to hate you because you made this choice without like consulting me about it. And that yeah. was it. Susan says, you know, you were you were pro-choice until you realized that you didn't have one. And basically it leads to Jonathan forgives her yeah. for for everything. Yeah, he and says he has a nice line where he's like, I didn't think I could ever forgive you. And it, you know, turns out I was wrong. So they do have a nice little time here. Yeah. Back inside at the awards, Chancellor Arnold is trying to get things to continue with L. Like uh, he's trying to get them to go out for drinks and like, oh, when will you be back in town? But L looks at Steve, who's like giving her like a a, a shake of the head and she gives she gives him the nice letdown but says you know he's a great guy and he's gonna make some other woman very happy yeah i feel like she's being genuine i feel like if steve hadn't been there she would have sat with him and she would have gone out for drinks and everything i think she was being genuine with oh him. yeah no 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 i do think she liked him yeah i i don't think yeah that's not the issue yeah. i don't think she was just trying to Trick him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's so clumsy the way it is. It is. And this, I do see but... what you mean. I mean, she's she is kind of supposed to be maybe not a villain necessarily, but at least not unlike Valerie Chaos. Yeah. Um, she gives Steve a little kiss on the cheek before before she leaves. And uh I just wrote hugs. I don't know what I don't know who hugs. Hugs all around. Oh, so yeah, so they the three of them like walk away and Steve is like giving Chancellor Arnold a hug as they're walking and I thought that that was funny that they're like that close that he would like give him a hug around yeah, the middle was, well, as they're all like because, walking. Like, Steve and Claire are like linked arms and Chancellor Arnold cuts between them and like hugs Claire and then Steve kind of grabs him after he gets out of the Yeah, yeah again feels like Feels like they're just letting the cameras roll, but it was a cute moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Chancellor Arnold, he feels okay. He's yeah. like, you heard the lady. I'm a catch. I'm a catch. I'll get, I'll, I'll be with someone someday. At the Walsh house, David is giving Valerie a massage, oh. back massage. Oh. As, <laughs> as they talk about, you know, how she's upset that she tried to do this thing for Colin and now he's going to turn around and do more drugs. And then it is David's turn for a back massage, but he takes his shirt off and he's got on, you just a uh, tank top underneath. It's a white tank top. Yeah. And Valerie's like, Oh, have you been working out? Like you look amazing. And uh, he's not, he, he's not going to get a back massage. He's going to get a full body massage as, as Valerie. I think says. he's fine with it. Look. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. He did not look good in that tank top. I thought he did. Did you? You thought he looked like muscular? Because she's saying like he looks I like did. he's working out. Oh, really? Oh, okay. No. I did. Yeah. I, he I looked more toned. He okay. looked more toned, I thought. Wow. Okay. All right. I thought it was justified. <laughs> good Good for you. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Back at the awards ceremony, Brandon um, has Susan's purse and, and her award, and they just kind of sit for a second and talk about you know john forgave susan now she needs to forgive herself basically and brandon just to your point earlier brandon is so understanding about that he was like i'm glad you got this closure and i'm glad like you know jonathan was able to forgive you and everything yeah. like 
He's he's much better on this side of things yeah. than on the other side. Yeah. Our last scene is at Holland's uh, loft. It is post dinner, and he and Kelly are making out on the bed. And she's like, "Oh, you know, it would taste really good right now." Oh, but we can't. We said we wouldn't, so I guess we won't. But but we could. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should. Maybe we should do do some drugs. I mean, while we're here. Yeah. Um, right. But I liked the last shot was them. They have this like, you know, mirror plate that they snort the cocaine off of. And the, the shot is like from above looking at Kelly through this mirror. Guess I guess they didn't quit cold turkey, did they? I guess not. No, they didn't. The Spanish guitar in this scene is intense. It is. It really is. I noticed <laughs> that too. In both in both the dinner scenes, it's just like whoever is playing guitar is like fingers must be on fire. Re- it is real close, it is real close to that mic. It is intense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess we're done, right? That's it. That's the. Yep, that's, that's the, the episode. I guess I was uh, like in hindsight looking at it, I was thinking it was pretty bold i think to have a storyline where like you know your your beautiful blonde heroine nice girl kelly is like addicted to cocaine and mm-hmm. susan has an abortion i mean you have two main cast members having these things that are like big I don't know, yeah like how often was that thrown around on network tv it just seems like a i wish that their treatment of a trans character was as enlightened as their treatment of these other storylines yeah yeah <laughs> but i still you know as far as like showing Susan like struggling with the aftermath of an abortion and not struggling with regret, just struggling with the complexity of it, you know, and you have Jonathan Coney Barrett, like going, working through his process on it and everything. And I I don't know. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, that part was pretty well handled once everything's out in the open. Yeah, I do. And yeah, I think we got to see some good character stuff from Brandon. We got resolution for this whole thing with Susan yeah, shenanigans with with Steve and Claire. Yeah, um, but yeah, not so much. I mean, we've <laughs> we've seen this show not handle things True. well, so it's True. not surprising. <laughs> no, I would say I don't know. I mean, obviously, with caveats, you know, I thought there was a lot of good in the episode. How about that? Sure, a lot, of, a lot of good, a lot of dated clumsiness as well. Yeah. So do with that what you will. What was your nine hundred two one zero snap? Maybe Steve's. I love you. In the in the bathroom. Oh, okay. I think it's. I got to go with uh, Susan's reveal. You know. Yeah. She's me. Yeah. Pretty pretty big moment. Pretty big moment. Did, so, did you like the episode? You're, you're kind of on the same page as me, right? Just sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Uh. Yeah. It was interesting to Donna's just been such a like presence this season that it was uh weird to have her take such a back seat. Not that I minded, but like it was just a strange. A strange thing, I you know, it was noticeable. It was noteworthy about this episode that she and I guess Joe were so in the background. It's funny to me the changes in this season. We tweeted out a picture of the uh, the DVD menu for this uh, for this episode, and it's a picture of all the guys with Ray and Dylan. And it was so jarring almost to be like Dylan was this season. Yeah, it's weird. Like that How was not that happened? many episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And honestly, they're doing okay. Like, I wish Luke Perry was still here, but I, it wasn't as hard to have Dylan gone as I thought it was going to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, basically I'm because still he's... in mourning, but. Oh, sure. No, I know. But I guess Dylan would kind of like trapped in his own spinoff for the last two seasons. So it, <laughs> it makes sense that, you know, extricating him worked all right, but. 
Yeah. Anyway, well, you can join us next time as we continue our 90210 discussion with Season 6, Episode 20, Flying. And in the meanwhile, you can catch me over on Disendorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network, where we just did a Gulliver's Travel-themed episode of the Ewoks for some reason. So that's what I'm up to. And over on House Things, since it is Banned Books Week, we are dropping a special episode talking about the most challenged books of 2021, the things that are raising to the top of the list. None of them will surprise you. They're primarily for LGBTQ reasons. Because uh, we just can't seem to evolve as a society. But anyway, we're going to get into all that over on House Things. So take a listen. Right. What about you, Kendra? I'm Miss Musebox91 on Twitter. And I am also the co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where we talk 90s music. Nice. This, we- this week, uh, a- an episode that was supposed to come out two weeks ago for Star Trek Day is going to be out. <gasps> so if you're it's still finally f- happening. feeling the Star Trek. You can hop over Kendra, there and you know listen I to am. us talk about uh, Sabotage by Beastie Boys. You know, <laughs> you know I'm still, any day is Star Trek day for me, so I still look forward to it. Excellent. <laughs> I thought you froze again. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Just end of podcast, I guess. All right. 902, here we go. Bye.